everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host, and today I have an episode with Tiana Seo from The Lash Exchange. She was one of the very first guests I had on the show, and she's back to discuss N99 masks, which is pretty fitting because we recorded this like actually before the coronavirus, but we are going to discuss the masks that The Lash Exchange has um, that are currently sold out, but you will be able to order more again soon. Um, we also talk about marketing and healthy applications. So, uh, there's a lot in this episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. And without further ado, here is Tiana. All right, Tiana, welcome back to the show. Hi. (laughs) I'm excited to have you back. I am so excited to be back. I feel like I'm being very social. (laughs) Getting on the podcast with everyone. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, it's been like over a year since you were on the show last time. What's been going on since you were last on? Gosh, so, so much. I feel like if you ask any business owner that, it, I mean, <laughs> thinking of your own past years, Shelby, like, yeah, it always feels like just so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this past year it was really about getting even more in touch with my community here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I've, I've been working the store, um, the storefront. So I'm like in store every day. I've scaled back almost completely on clients. So that's a big change. Cause I think last year I was still probably at a full-time schedule last Mm -hmm. year. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, this year you've been working with more schools too, right? Yeah. So developing the relationships with the schools here in Dallas is really unique. Um, with like you Shelby being in Texas, um, the school scene is just growing, you know, the, mm-hmm. the licensing here in Texas is 320 hours for lashes for our vocational license. So it, it really has been great getting in touch with these schools and more schools are opening on the regular, just, just more opportunity and the market's really growing here. So I have been inviting a lot of the schools in. I'm working probably with every single school in the DFW area. We invite them in for field trips, talk to the students. Um, I've built some just awesome relationships by organically inviting people into the store. I've gained a lot of students from there and I feel as though you know, introducing ourselves early on in their careers is making a big difference here in Dallas. Yeah, that's awesome. And for them to get to see your business and for them to get the right education from the beginning is a big change from what it used to be like. Definitely. And I mean, even resources like yours, uh, the podcast, yeah. I've been telling all the students, like, they, they weren't even aware, you know, that there are professional podcasts that they can really dive into without even having tweezers in their hand. They can just get into it, hear about it from some of the most, you know, influential yeah. uh, minds, I guess, in the industry. So that has been just a really big accomplishment for us in this past year is just narrowing our focus and really building relationships in the community here. Um, what about hurdles you faced this year? Any like low points? Yeah, definitely plenty of those. That's that's on my my to do list here in 2020 is being a little bit more honest with our audience. Um, my audience is specifically about you know the whole entrepreneurship thing and and how how deeply deeply challenging. <laughs> It is, and I know you and I, Shelby, have had our own chat about 
mm-hmm. about hurdles and things. So definitely staffing this past year. Um, it, it's kind of like a teeter totter. Like my lash artist that I actually have um, now a full full rental stable of of really talented lash artists. So that kind of developed organically on its own and is doing fantastic. Everyone has a full book. Um, I, I just never thought that that would be possible because that was never really my focus here at my studio. Yeah. But that part was was amazing this past year. And then as far as a hurdle, just really finding the right team for development side on the business end, you know, in terms of sales, in terms of assistance here um, in the store. But we're making progress. I've got I've got such a better uh, group together, and and it's just, we're so much more connected now. I've never felt like we were really a team in the past. Yeah. Now we have like a full team, and that's been really awesome. Do you feel like it's it was like your hiring process in the beginning, or do you feel like you know everyone? in their interview sounds so great. And then later on you find out it's not the case. Have you just improved your hiring process or? I, I think it, you know, I, I take full responsibility. Like at the end of the day, I think that's huge with entrepreneurship is like mm-hmm. the whole, like Gary Vee talks about, you know, the self-awareness, like yeah. what part have I played? Um, <laughs> so that, that is a real pill to swallow. So me, myself, just learning like, okay, you can't really have, um, a team if you're not ready to like lead. Yeah. That's what it really boils down to. So definitely being more concise about what I actually need here and hiring based around that in more of a, a more of a concise, you know, manner and really paying attention to people's people's strengths and weaknesses, like just real talk strength and weakness, like put putting people in a position that they are going to be successful with their, their strengths Mm -hmm. and not, and not really um, leaning too much into putting people in a box in terms of their weaknesses. Uh, So being a lot more concise with that, I, this is my first year um, that I've ever hired a marketing help that um and that's 2020 I guess not last year but yeah we struggled with that in 2019 with content you know Mm -hmm. you know the story yeah for sure and I mean I like how you said like what like just being to the point about like what you need as a business because I used to be like that too just kind of wanting it to be like this perfect um place like for people to come and work but it I was kind of neglecting like what the company needs like this is a company at the end of the day and we're you know in it to make a profit so I need things too so yeah I think that's the biggest thing is just learning how to vocalize clearly without the emotion without the you know feelsies and all all of the things (laughs) yeah so you have your own line of products now. You have like um, tweezers and other accessories like masks and stuff. You've been selling other lines for years. How how different is that? Like having your own ver- and pushing your own versus uh, selling products for other companies. I th- I think it it just goes hand in hand. You know, like I I only am focusing on products that are reasonable for me to add to my whole store collection that are 
a little bit more unique or specific to per se like my style of lashing so just just tuning in a little bit more like okay tweezers that really just started because of my trainings that's really where it all started and my artists in the house where I'm like gosh guys like we are burning through these tweezers (laughs) like crazy I mean with the girls getting busier it's it's like we need probably each artist needs like six sets yeah have so I was like, man, I, I should just explore it. I had done it in the past, the tweezer manufacturing and anybody in the industry who, who has their own tweezers and tools knows like it's not an easy, it's not an easy route to quality control everything. So that's just been one project to focus on for me to really get it right and perfect what I feel as though is the best tools for like me, my team and my students and my style of lashing. So that was with the tweezers and that's been awesome just to be able to introduce our in-store customers in Dallas here to a little bit unique product, something really special, you know, to us here at the Lash Exchange in Dallas. So it's like a local product, which I think people really like here. And then, yeah, yeah, the mask was just sheer, sheer, that had been a goal of mine. And it's a really, just something we didn't really have before. So no other brand, we never retailed any other mask other than the Vogue mask. So, Mm -hmm. and we just wanted to improve, improve on the design and improve on everything for the lash artist specifically. Speaking of the mask, I know that you just did an episode um, on the, is it Educated Artistry? Is that the podcast name? Yeah, yeah. so I know you did like a whole episode on that, but what are some of the biggest takeaways? Like, why do we need a mask like the one you just came out with? Yeah. So it, it really is just about like the grades of the filters, you know, like a regular carbon mask, that's a basic mask. And then they have all of these different grades from, so our mask is a true N99 filter, meaning it's filtering like 99% of particulate. There's also N95s, and then there are, I think, N90s maybe? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a couple different levels to it. And so we wanted to just be able to offer the highest one. Um, most of the other masks I've seen in the industry are N95, still a great option at an N95, but we wanted an N99, which is what we now have. And so reaching out and really collaborating with um, Cambridge Mask was a big was a big deal for our industry to be able to bring what I feel as though the most comprehensive technology because they've got the whole technology game like it's not just a regular carbon mask type of a deal so that to me was something that as lash artists it's such a simple change and it can have such a positive effect it's it's just simple and minimal and that's like my my style when it comes to everything professionally for the listeners that don't even wear masks, um, can you share exactly why it's important to wear one like that? So our adhesive emits VOCs. You know, it's not just the fumes, they're actual VOCs, which stands for volatile organic compounds. And that doesn't sound good. And it is not something that you should be breathing in. VOCs are things like diesel emissions, you know, overall toxin emissions in the environment. And because of the chemicals that we work with, that's what it emits. Those VOCs can get in your body and cause you crazy amounts of symptoms that you might not even 
realize are happening. Um, anything that we work with so closely as a chemical compound like the Sino is just, it's just a, it's a professional precaution that needs to be taken for you to have a long-term healthy career and just avoid the avoid the potential that you're going to start having health issues like I did. What symptoms were you experiencing? So I had sinus infections pretty chronically. I constantly had almost like an eczema inside of my nose too. Of -hmm. course, migraines were probably the worst part of it because as a lash artist, we're already straining our eyes. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was my, my eyes. I changed my contacts out. Wasn't my eyes. It was just the adhesive fumes. And, you know, for, for a really long while, I actually lashed in a room probably the size of, I mean, maybe eight by 10 with Mm -hmm. two lash artists in with me. So it was myself and one other lash artist. And, um, we would lash for 12 hours a day, and there, I realized that there were no vents in that room. It was yeah. essentially just like a brick room. So oh I just got super sick, intense fatigue. I would go straight from lashing to, like, go lay down, like, shower and immediately lay down. Like, that's all I had energy for. So it just – it was a bad – it was a bad time. It almost ended my career. Oh, my God. And when, when was that? That was um, in the beginning of when I was opening the Lash Exchange. I was flying from Texas back to my my home state. Oh, right. Yeah, and I would cram. I would cram all my clients in in a three- or four-day period. So that was really, really ramped up at that time. And then, of course, the stress of opening my business, your immune system gets compromised. Like, that is a real thing. So I just felt like I was at a really tough point where I wasn't physically physically 100% and then of course the stress of just being a new business owner trying to make money make it work type of a thing so how often do you have to change out the filter um, in a mask like that so these masks are great because there is no filter replacement you basically wear the mask the entirety of its lifespan which can Mm -hmm. range anywhere from three to four months if you're a full-time lash artist now with lash artists specifically and this is like i had talked with the cambridge mascot ceo about this too with our specific work environment there are a ton of variables that could change that lifespan saying like me working 12 hours in a 8 by 10 room with zero ventilation and no window my fumes are going to be significantly higher and at that time i wasn't using safe glue practices so i had like probably 30 maybe 40 dots of adhesive out at the end of the day because I was just working off one of those little uh, plastic trays. Oh. Yeah. So it, it just really is one of those things that depending on your workspace, depending on how much cyanoacrylate, that's when the filter will become come full. And you'll, you'll feel it because the breathability of the mask changes. Like you won't feel as, as free flowing air. I see. Interesting. And then how, how much do they run like retail? So they're only $30, which was a really exciting price point for us to be able to hit. Yeah. I was thinking we sold our bog masks, the retail on the bogs are 40 to 45. So by getting our, our pricing down by over $10, it makes it a lot more accessible. 
And I did think about like just the environmental effect as well of right. using a true, you know, N99 respirator versus just burning through the paper masks. It's really, it's really better for the environment. Yeah, I can see that. I'm going to interrupt this episode to talk to you guys a little bit about Acuity Scheduling, which is a Squarespace company. Acuity is a booking software that you can think of as a scheduling assistant that's kind of working behind the scenes as you are lashing and working on other parts of your business. You'll be able to customize your email and text confirmations and reminders so that it looks like it's coming from you and it's branded to your business. Acuity makes it really easy for your clients to book, which is important. You can also set it up to where they can book through Instagram and Facebook. And when a client does book, you can make it to where they have to pay a deposit or they can even pay for the whole cost up front. Um, It's kind of customizable to whatever your cancellation policy is. Another great thing that they do is that you can go paperless with your intake forms so you can get to know your client before they even come. And obviously that saves both of y'all time as well. It's a great software. It's recommended all of the time in a bunch of Lash forms and business forms that I'm in. So if you want to check it out, just visit acuityscheduling.com forward slash Lashboss and they will give you 45 days of Acuity Scheduling for free without putting a credit card down. I will put a link in the show notes, but for now, let's get back into the episode. So you... We just talked about how you work with a lot of new artists. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you're seeing, even just maybe on social media, that like skill-wise artists are making? Yeah, it's such a it's such a wide wide variety that you see too with with beginning lash artists and like skill-wise. I I think that it's it's rushing. I really feel like it's rushing, rushing the process, rushing the the service in itself. I think rushing the process of learning skill-wise mm-hmm. is what I see a lot of. Um, I do sell to a lot of beginning artists and they'll come in and they're like, give me the 03 volume. Just give, give, me, <gasps> give me that tray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that. And I'm like, okay. Of course, I'm not going to discourage any artist from doing anything that they feel right is best for them. But I think that, you know, just, just braving over the fundamentals sets you up for a lot of struggles, a lot down the line. And that's kind of where, where I'm at with my teaching and doing Instagram lives as I'm catering to that, like, that gap that's been created by artists just wanting to rush into, like, mega volume and these very, very highly technical parts of artistry without mm. appreciating the simplicity and the just fundamental skills that they need to be successful long term. So I have to ask, um, speaking of the point of threes, I don't see you using these like thinner diameters. Is it because you have a certain viewpoint on it or, or what? Yeah, with the O3s, like, again, I actually find it beautiful like artistically i i like a lot of the sets that i'm seeing there's several mega volume artists that i just look at their work i'm like damn i definitely can't do that yet mm-hmm. um i just haven't had enough time to work with it i feel like because i'm not doing um my clientele specifically is a little bit more mature so serving my clientele that's not 
using the larger size mega fans that I've seen is, is probably not a good fit for them or yeah. aesthetically the look that my clientele is going for. I have been practicing with them. I have been playing with different pickup techniques because I like fan creation techniques and all that because I want to be open-minded and I want to be able to serve Anything that new comes out on the market, I need to explore as a professional. I need to be able to show my students in in classes and really be able to explain the difference between, say, like American style mega and like true Russian. That's, yeah. that's again, back to the fundamentals of what I feel like to be a successful artist. That's stuff you need to know, at least be introduced to. So I think having an open mind is, is where I'm at with it. I just... I haven't had enough practice with them. And I also feel like the technique that I use to currently make my fans is definitely not it. So I have to really get into like a totally different, totally different space to get more comfortable. The mega volume sets in terms of like big fluffy fans, they're getting more popular. Do you feel like you're seeing a lot of it being done correctly or yeah I mean in Dallas unfortunately it, it it's not necessarily in my terms healthy of some of the things that I'm seeing come to our studio mm-hmm. just as you know coming from another studio nobody honestly in particular just seeing the size of the base is what mm-hmm. I'm seeing and I know that watch the the mega volume videos from several very amazing mega volume artists and the bases don't look like what I'm seeing so I think that goes back to again the fundamentals and the true depth and understanding when you get into a different modality or a different type of artistry it's your job as a professional to understand the full the full spectrum of it the whole concept of it the theory behind it and the theory truly I feel like with those O3s is to have that base excessively tapered that's how the whole theory is built on is creating that very petite base and so I feel like that's something that that you know new artists or or maybe artists just with a different work style that's just maybe not something that they value yeah I couldn't agree more and I find that um a lot of times when I look at work that, you know, has the chunky bases or maybe a little bit too heavy of a fan, regardless of the diameter used, a lot of times there's also way too much adhesive or yes. stuck, stuck together extensions and fans. And those are like the foundations of lashing that I don't want to get lost because we're trying to create these like super dark sets and I don't know. I, I just think it's such a fine line to walk with even, you know, even Russian, you know, volume, not just in specific O3s. Yep. That was a big thing. Even remember when we were getting into the big, the bigger O7 fans and we're seeing the beautiful Russian photos of 10D and we're like, oh my God, those are... <laughs> 0.07 like that's it's big like yeah. so yeah. I I think that there's always just going to be a learning curve with it but true theoretical stuff that I've seen from you know high quality uh, advanced artists those bases are pointy as it gets they they can get real small with those O3s mm-hmm. for sure um, so as far as marketing you you guys are kind of 
it sounds like you guys are kind of revving up your own stuff if you are building out your marketing team. What things do you feel like as artists in this industry we could work on? I love I love this question. It might stir it might stir up some feels for people. <laughs> but um I want to challenge our industry to look outside of our industry when mm-hmm. it comes to marketing. I feel like um there's so much there's so much creative stuff just I mean, you can scroll through Instagram and there's just so much creative stuff and there's so many different ways to uh, show or share with our audiences that I I sometimes feel in the lash industry, I see so much of the same type of uh, marketing perpetuated constantly because maybe we're looking a little bit too much into our own industry and just replicating. Mm -hmm. And then and then I feel like brands or or artists or artists trying to brand themselves, frankly, are are getting lost because maybe they're not t- giving themselves the benefit of the doubt that something they originally can come up with out of their own brains would be awesome, you know. And they're maybe not getting the results that they they want because they're more so replicating something yeah. that they've already seen within the industry, which we all replicate. That's, that's inspiration. That's just how the world works. Um, but I challenge this industry to look outside of our little, our little area that we got going on. Cause I, that's where I've gotten a lot of my inspiration is honestly just stepping out, stepping out of the industry and, mm-hmm really seeing how, you know, other people share ideas and other people share content. So, you know, me having uh, a finally a marketing help has been, well, and my marketing help is a young person. FYI, get a young person involved. <laughs> if you're having any questions about things, like they know a lot. She's, t- I mean, 10 years younger than me. That's significant in terms of what she has more experience with and, and different ways to share ideas that the young people know about. So yeah. I've been putting a ton of, um, just a ton in her hands and it's, it's been great. It's freshened my perspective and it's more inspired now to be able to share things that are really unique to, to my message or my brand. So bringing someone like that on your team, do you feel like it's, um, kind of loosened up the pressure that you might've placed on yourself about getting content out or creating content? Oh, big time. Like it, it's, it's, it's not something that I feel like I couldn't have done or I could have done in the past because I feel like it's a certain type of person that you need to work with and just a certain time frame, and you, you yourself have to be in the right place to produce content and things like that. So mm-hmm. it's just taken so much pressure off to be able to have what I like to call like a finisher, mm-hmm. somebody to really take your content and finish it into a whole idea, a whole concept, maybe a whole visual. We've been doing a lot more videos, which is awesome. I just posted today of like a microscope um, that we put in a lash line, like fun stuff that I feel like is a lot more visual than what I've been able to produce on my own. That's cool. I need, I need one of those. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what else does the lash exchange have going on for 2020? So I'm committing to, of course, my Instagram lives. That's been a big thing for me is to just get back in front of the camera and reconnect with everyone. Even though I'm in the store, I feel like 
I have a lot of moms, a lot of people stepping into the industry that are new, maybe people leaving their jobs. There's just so many different scenarios. And I think it's cool to put everyone together on Instagram Live because um, they can, you know, talk amongst themselves. We get great discussion topics going. So that's every Tuesday at 8 p.m. So that has been really awesome, just getting back to the peeps. And mm-hmm. then we are really focusing on like micro education here. Um, workshops, different topics. Again, bringing in people outside the lash industry. I'm having a social media workshop this Sunday, and two of the panelists that I've invited are not even in the lash industry, but they've built very successful media-based businesses in in very short periods of time. So that's you know, just more resources um, to my community is what I really want to do. I feel like I know so many cool people that it's almost a disservice that I don't share how cool they are because I think audience will think they're cool if I think they're cool Mm -hmm. so that's a big thing is a micro um education to make it more accessible for people Mm -hmm. Um, that's that's a big thing and of course online content you know just being able to reach more more people more widely that's that's a big one and then we have a huge educational deal that we're working on with uh, some some a large network of beauty schools here in Dallas. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening today. I linked Tiana's social media and her website in the show notes. And I hope you guys are all hanging in there. And I'll be back next week with the next episode. <laughs>